Peace and Black Power family. This is your host, Raheem Shabazz, and I am here with my lovely guest, Marcy Lee, and this is another episode of Necessary Blackness Podcast. Actually, this is our 127th episode. Let me say that again. That's 102 and 7, 127 episode, and this is our end of the year edition, and this has been a crazy year. What you think? Yeah, absolutely. Deuces 2020. Deuces. <laughs> Deuces. Yeah, this year is going to be remembered for a lot of things. This year is definitely going to be remembered as the year of the worst uh, pandemic to for our generation. And it'll also be known as the year of the financial crisis. And also um, a year of social unrest throughout the world. And it all happened in the United States. And the world has been watching the United States and the uprisings and the protests due to the killings of Breonna Taylor, our brother uh, George Floyd, uh, Rashad Brooks, and so, so many more um, the two brothers that was recently um, murdered by these race soldiers in Columbus, Ohio. And there's so many more to name, and I don't want to miss none out, so I'm not even going to go through the list. But we know that there's a problem with police brutality in America. And don't think that because it's the end of the year and that there's a new president, and there's a new vice president in office that is going to change because it didn't change under Barack Obama and it ain't going to change under Kamala Harris. All right. We got some people that's already joining us. My man Brian said, peace, God. Peace to you, black man. So what do you think, man, about this year? Well, you know what? Something you just touched on. You talked about police brutality. Mm-hmm. Talk about the race soldiers. But something that emerged this year, in addition to that, was the Karens. Oh. Karens popping up, you know, creating more um, divisiveness, calling the police on Black people for very minimal, you know, things, picnicking and, you know, selling candy. So that's another uh, thing that kind of came out of 2020, the Karens. Yeah, and they also have a law. Um, it's called the Karen Law for any um, white race soldier that forcibly calls the police on someone that's simply eating lunch during his lunch break or perhaps being in the library at the university studying late night for exam or simply just breathing and being black or watching birds. How about that? Can't even watch birds and be black. So they have a law, but, you know, they had a law against slavery and it still exists. You know, they have a law against corruption. They have a law against police brutality. They have a law against uh, just shooting people for no reason. And then, you know, saying that you was in fear of your life. So we got to see how this turns out. But one thing I will say, man, is that people are definitely fighting back. Uh, more people than ever are being awoken. 
I see my man Born King in here from the 5%, you know, newspaper. Make sure y'all definitely check that paper out. Um, Born King definitely has a book out that I employed everybody to read. And he's been on this podcast, and I got to bring him back so that he can introduce the book. Um, he has the, uh, he, he's also the editor in chief, I think, if I'm not mistaken, for the 5% newspaper. And he has a lot of things going on, man. Very good brother, Norm, from over 20 years, maybe 30 years. Mm. I'm counting after 20, but he's in the building. And what I might try to do later on, if he stayed long enough, I might try to bring him in here so that we can, um, Definitely dialogue with that brother. He's one of the um people that I have at the top of my list to bring on at the top of the year. Our next guest for, for the top of the year is somebody that's um my grandmaster teacher, dynamic individual. I'm not gonna say his name, it's gonna be a surprise. Oh, you ain't got I thought she was nah, gonna pull it out. They're gonna tune in. You know, but he he he's going he's definitely gonna be on here. But you know, um there was something that I wanted to highlight, right? Um I know every year, you know, death is something that we're gonna always have to deal with. But it just seemed like 2020 was the year that a lot of uh black celebrities, family members, and just people that we know of has passed away. A lot of it is due to COVID. But I went and I looked at a list and it was a hundred people. These was like celebrity type of people that passed away. Um, and I don't think that many people realize it. It's like almost we come immune to it because we do know that death is going to happen. But when it hits, like the way it hits, and I guess, us being in a pandemic, it hits even harder. So I'm a, I'm a, run, I'm a run, real huh? quick for you. Let me say this real quick so I can get this out the way. Because mm -hmm. um, as you know, um, earlier this year, before the pandemic, I lost my mom. Rest in peace, Yeah, if if people don't know, or everybody who knows me knows that my mom was like my best friend, and um, her death was. You know, it came out of nowhere. Um, she was healthy, strong, you know, vibrant. Um, so it, it was something that definitely hit my family like really hard. Like I was depressed for, you know, months. <laughs> um, and it's still hard for me to even, you know, talk about it or think about it. Um, but I just wanted to, um, you know, recognize my mom and just let her know how much I love her and to, all the people out there who lost someone near and dear, you know, my condolences go out to you um, and just know, you know, brighter days are coming and um, you can go ahead and go on with your list. But I had to give some love to my mommy. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people, you know, because that wasn't something that you publicly share. I knew about it. Um, those that know you and that's behind the scene knew about it. But um, one of the questions people might ask, because they always see you on the podcast and see you smiling, is how was you able to deal with that hurt and that pain? I wasn't. Um, uh, it's, it's difficult. Every time I think about her, I, I want to cry. So every morning I've started a ritual where I gather her belongings and I try to think about her without crying. Yeah. I haven't. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't been able to do it yet. 
Um, but it's just difficult because she just meant so much to me. Like I said, she was my best friend. Um, so, you know, it, I think like you had told me, um, um, someone had told you, you know, when your brother passed, you mm-hmm. know, just learn to kind of like live with it. Like, you know, some days are better than others. For me, I haven't gotten even to that point. They're still yeah. the same. You know, I just, it's so much pain, you know, um, so. Yeah, I, I could look at my brother's pictures without breaking down, you know, um, like the hardest part was, um, during his birthday or the anniversary, um, or I I do a memorial for him every year. So, you know, a lot of times that would pop up in my, in my Facebook feed, man, I would have to cut my Facebook off for like two, three days. You know, I'll say something and then just cut it off. Because it it was just too much to deal with. So I'm going to go through the list real quick. Of, I, I, it was 100 people, but we don't have time to uh, mention them. These are the ones that I spotted, and I was like, wow, I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that, you know, because the news cycle, it happens so fast. Right. The brother named Shabadu, and he, and, he, and he transitioned at the age of uh, 65. He was a hip-hop um pioneer and he was a break dancer and then you have uh joe clark who was played as the principal in the movie lean on me um he died at the age of 32 and then we know just recently ecstasy from houdini um he transitioned and he's a hip-hop pioneer and he transitioned at the age of 56 so he was very young family and then we have uh, Tommy Tiny Lister, who played Debo in Friday. And he died at the age of uh, 62. Um, a lot of people said it was due to complications from COVID. Um, who else we have? We, oh, we have um, Mayor Dinkins, uh, David Dinkins, for those that are, are, are familiar with New York City. Uh, he was the first black mayor to lead that city. And um, he transitioned this year at the age of uh, 93. Um, we also have Herman Cain. Mm. Herman Cain is a former Republican presidential candidate. Right. Who, um, okay. Very favorable to Donald Trump. And he was a Trump supporter. Um, he died from COVID-19 at the age of 60, no, 74. And um, many people may remember that he was always out at these Trump uh, rallies. Those are known as super spreaders. A lot of people mm-hmm. said he committed suicide for Donald Trump. But in any event, rest in peace to that brother. Then we also had um, civil rights icon John Lewis. Mm-hmm. Transition. We had soulful singer Betty Wright. She transitioned at the age of 66. We had the rapper Pop Smoke. We had Earl G. Graves. And he is the CEO and founder of Black Enterprise. I've been reading Black Enterprise for over 30 years. Very instrumental man in creating a lot of black millionaires and billionaires. I ain't get there yet, so that's why I'm still reading it. But he definitely was a pioneer. He transitioned. Um, recently, you had Marcus Garvey Jr.'s son. Hmm. 
he transitioned and he transitioned at the age of 90. He was very active in the UNIA. Uh, rest in peace to that brother. Actually, I found out um, from our good brother who was on our previous podcast. Uh, Wally. Wally. Mm -hmm. That brother, he told us. Then um, there was Bobby Brown Jr., who is Bobby Brown's son. He transitioned at the age of 28. We also had Chadwick Bozeman. Mm -hmm. He transitioned and he played the Black Panther transition from it was cancer, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes, definitely. And he was 43 years old. You also have Reverend C.T. Vivian, who was a civil rights icon and um, one of um, Martin Luther King's top advisor. I think he was might have been his lieutenant. He transitioned. You had Little Richard. He transitioned. You had Andre Harrell, hip-hop pioneer from Uptown Records. And the list goes on and on. Yeah, that's about it. Kobe. That remember, huh? Kobe. Kobe Bryant. Oh, yeah, I can't forget Kobe Bryant. See, there's so many family that um, I just can't recall them all. But this will be the year that we um we dealt with a lot of uh, uh death. You want to say something, sister? Oh no, Maya Rivera. I remember her too. I don't know if you remember her. Say that again. What was the you name? Maya Rivera. Oh, she was a uh, um wasn't she with uh Big John? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What was she? She was an actor, a, a singer. What was she? Yeah, an entertainer, actress, performer. She sang, she danced. Um, okay. Yeah. Okay. Wow. What year did Nipsey die? Um, it wasn't this year. It was it last. Was, oh, okay. Yeah, it was. Yeah, last. that's a lot. That's a lot. <laughs> that's a lot. But you know, we 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 gotta um we gotta keep moving forward, you know, no matter what. You know, we can't be stuck in despair. And this is the thing about, you know, when someone transitions, it's their legacy that carries on. You know, um, we always say that um energy is created and it can't be destroyed. Mm. So just by the mere fact that we're talking about them. And from years from now, people will be talking about how great Kobe was or how great uh, Chadwick Boseman was in that movie. You know, their legacy will live on. Their contribution to society will always be discussed and it will be remembered. Especially when you think about how Chadwick was still doing movies when yeah. he was Still, especially that last movie that just came out, his last performance. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. He had a, a crazy work ethic. Yeah, he does. He, does. he dearly missed. He does. So I wanted to uh, transition a little bit because I don't want this podcast to be all, you know, uh, about death and gloomy. Um, I wanted to highlight what we do together which is the Necessary Blackness podcast. And um, we have tried to be consistent as we can. You trying to be a little more consistent than me. 
<laughs> yeah, she's like, come on, Raheem, we got to do this. I was, because I actually wanted to take two weeks off, family. I was like, you know what? We'll start at the end of the year. And he was like, nah, we can't do that. Because I know a lot of people, they tune in and they tap in. And this is their only way of trying to get some type of knowledge. You know what I mean? Because everything that's on the internet is not wholesome or not good. And so a lot of times, you know, they come here so we can tap into that energy, that vibration. And uh, I, I felt the need once she was telling me, like, yeah, we got we to gotta do this. Like, okay, we'll do two more. And that's it. So this is this is the last one we did that we're gonna do rather. But I wanted to go through a list of um before you go through the um I'm about to exit and let me back in. I gotta switch devices. Okay, all right, no problem, okay. All right, greetings family. I see we got some more people up in the building. Yo, Born King, you there with me, man? You're going to stay to the end. I'm going to try to bring you in, Lord. Let me see. Let me see if I can bring her back in. Bang. Uh, you back. All right. Hello? Yeah, can you hear me? Why you sound like you underwater? I don't know. <laughs> sound like you underwater. What device you went on? Um, Another phone. I can't hear you. All right. All right. She's gonna try to come back in one more time for the for the one time. All right. The God Born King is still here. Thank you, Raheem. Indeed, I will stay and I would love to build. All right. In fact, I'm not gonna wait to the end. Um, I'm gonna do some things and then I'll just bring you back in. Give me a minute, Born King. Waiting for the sister to come back. All right, she's back. Let me see. All right, let me hear how you sound. How you sounding? Hello? That ain't it. It's the same. This is my normal device. I was using a different one, but it, it died. So this is the device I'm usually on. Okay, all right. Now that sounds better. Okay. So what I wanted to do, I wanted to... And please, family, I know there's probably going to be a couple of episodes that I do miss out on, um, but I wanted to, because most of the episodes we do is just me and you, actually. Um, we, 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 ha we have episodes with just us two um, more than we do have with um, yes. guests. But I think we're going to start utilizing more guests um, because we're going to be more frequent and doing these podcasts. But the one that um stood out this year with me was um our most previous one with the brother uh Omar Wally. That 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 was a very, very good episode. And we definitely gonna have that brother back on here. Um Red Pill was a good episode. You know the one that stand out to me. <laughs> yeah. Red Pill was a good episode. Um the brother did have some technical difficulties. And I think um, what we're gonna do next time, though, we're gonna get him right with, with, with that with that uh, Wi-Fi, and um, we're gonna give y'all a double dose, man. I, I did red pill, I did blue pill, but we're gonna have the pillars, both of them together. I think that'll be a dynamic episode. Um, my brother, 
Yarima Karima. We had him on here, and um, he definitely came through. Um, our most memorable episode was the one where um, it was titled uh, Blue Lives Matter, A Protective Class. That mm -hmm. was a good one that me and you did. Um, another dynamic one that uh, received a lot of hits, especially um, on Instagram where people were saying that they could relate to it. And even on the Facebook, um, people was being transparent about their relationships and, and dealing with a, a narcissist. And that one was called um, Self-Care When Dealing With a Narcissist. And um, you definitely was definitely transparent on that. And um, you, Why do you think that one stuck out so much to people? Because I think they could relate. And not only that, we living in a time where people are being transparent about what they're going through and they're looking for uh, solutions to their problems. Yeah. I think that um, in that episode, you was giving people telltale signs, what to look for, you know what I mean? How to get away from a narcissist. So I, I think that definitely resonated um, with a lot of sisters, you know, um, and it, it was definitely um, set me on a path that I didn't expect to go on. Mm -hmm. I mean, that episode helped me to realize how important discussing those issues are. And it's something now that I'm constantly researching and looking up information now to be able to share with people and help them through, you know, the process and what they're going through. So yeah, they had a, um, a clubhouse room just strictly about narcissists. So it's definitely a big topic. And um, most of the conversation around men being narcissists in relationship with women. But um, there was a few men on there talking about females that was narcissists in their relationship. And I think that's something that we hardly or seldom hear from. So yeah. When we go back to that subject matter, we're going to explore it from both angles. It's definitely something that needs to happen because there is, I think it's balanced on both sides. It's just that men, um, women are just starting to get comfortable talking about it. But I think it's something that's more difficult for men to talk about. Mm -hmm. um, but hopefully, you know, people will get a little bit more courage or feel that they can um speak about you know that topic because abuse is crazy like people don't want it's it's such a negative um stigma yeah. associated with it you know yeah. so people don't like to talk about it but it seems now people ready to tell their truth especially since we're moving into the uh time of aquarius the age of aquarius so you know people coming out with their truths you know so hey absolutely so those was my particular episodes i already know what yours was so Real briefly, tell us what was the most memorable episode for you? Well, for me, it's got to be the one with Judge Joe Brown, okay? <laughs> yeah, that was, you know, out of the entire year, that episode did more numbers than any other episode. And I don't know if it was because of celebrity status or because of, um he's an intriguing character. And some of the things he says... um. It, it, it resonates with the people. He definitely got some riders because they was coming for us. Well, really coming for me, for sure. But um, 
you know, he had some supporters out there, but they really came um, and showed up in numbers, you know, to watch that, you know, the the, the podcast um, when, when it was on YouTube is what I'm speaking of. But yeah, it did some really good numbers, but he was talking, you know, a lot of um, good information, like the, the information he provided. Go ahead. And you know what? I didn't understand. It wasn't like a continuous conversation where, you know, we wasn't in agreement with what he said. You know, my, my stance was that um, I think I was saying something to the effect of um, that, you know, about B1, black first, race first. And that yeah, we, he was saying that we should establish relationships with people outside of the black community. And you were saying, hey, we got to start with, with home first. Like, you yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, so that was the only real thing that I I, I disagree on, and you know, I I think the problem with people is is that you know they feel like he's a celebrity status, and I don't care where we at. If you're on my podcast, I'm on your podcast. If you say something that I don't fundamentally agree with, then I'm gonna say something because silence is complicit. So I I, I didn't understand. This is my thing. That. It's almost like they was looking for a problem when there wasn't a problem because yeah. things that they pointed out, we didn't even disagree with him on. Um, so it's almost like they were looking for us to be in disagreement. Um, like they just assumed that we would disagree with him. So I didn't really get that either. But one thing I did do was question him. I just asked him, you know, in regards to some of the things that he was speaking on, like, can you elaborate or where are you getting this information? That's it. But it's not like we were going against him. We were just kind of mm -hmm. asking more questions about what he was saying. So I, I think a lot of times man, those people that was making those comments and coming at you and coming at me, they ain't nothing but glorified groupies, you know, because like I said, and like you said, we didn't have a problem. In fact, I would love to bring them back on. Oh, you're I, telling me he want to come back up. I didn't finish asking all the questions. If I asked him some of the questions I wanted to ask him, y'all really going to be mad at me. Okay? okay. Well, but you didn't get to ask him. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, you know, he, he, he talked black empowerment, but he, you know, he had previously two white wives. You know what I mean? You can't mm. sleep black and sleep white. So I want to ask him about that. But you know, you know what? That's a, a topic that has come up a lot now where people... Yeah are saying, you know, stop this um, fighting within the race, like stop excluding certain black people and stop this saying that if, you know, you don't sleep black, that you ain't really for the black cause. What do you make of that? Like, yeah. see, you, you, you got to understand if we talking about sovereignty and, and, and building and family legacy and stuff like that, you really have to look at it. Right. Like, for instance, you know, Kobe didn't have the best relationship with his mother and father, you know, right before he transitioned. Right. But. You know, when he transitioned, he's excluded from their family is excluded from all of that, you know, all that. just to think, you know, his father, the relationship that they had and how he pushed them to become that superstar that he was, you know, that went to. Uh, what is she, Mexican, Hispanic? You know, yeah, non black, put it like that. The sisters, the his, you know, his sisters, none of them 
are gonna even um benefit from that you know so you you have to look at it like in, in the sense of that and that's why it's definitely important that you you know you have a um a, a planned estate for when you transition how your uh property whatever anything that you have how you want things to continue in your absence because if not you know you you'll be I on mean- the I think that's true. You do. I think that's a good, you know, suggestion to to tell people to have a plan to stay. But regardless, his wife still was going to come down with the bulk or the majority of whatever he has. So the original point of, you know, making the commitment to another black person is the ultimate um, I think just the, the loyalty and the love that you have for the community, because a lot of black people, especially the young people, mm-hmm. they they take it personal um, in, in regards to feeling like they're being dictated to who they can love and who they cannot love. And I think uh, at a certain point, just like Millie Fuller Jr. points out, having a relationship with a person that's non-black, it does hurt the community. In a certain regard, because we are, we're not stable. We don't have our bearings like we are trying to get things together. So I think that when we make a commitment to one another in the black community and get our things set straight, mm-hmm. then maybe later on sometime down the line when there is equality, when there is a, a, a sense that we are being treated the way that we want to be treated in this society, then, you know, maybe we can look at that at a later time. But as of right now, I think it's a sacrifice that some people don't want to make because they're more on an individualistic (laughs) mindset. What'd you say? Ain't no sacrifice. Well, no, they feel like it's a sacrifice. It shouldn't even be second nature. It's be one all day. Black first. Because let me say something. If you look at you know, and not to mimic them because they got that type of uh, um, ideology from us. But when you look at the Rockefellers, the DuPonts and all these rich families and, you know, y'all want to say Illuminati, this, that and the other. But everything is about a bloodline. You know, what I mean, you want to keep your bloodline pure, you know, so mixing and tampering, you know, with your gene pool, you know, the black gene being dominant. And then you mix it and diluting it with, with, with uh, uh, <laughs> you know. But see, people move away from genetics and they move into cultural um, acceptance of beauty. So they're thinking they're stepping not, up when they're not, diluting not, the race. Ain't more beautiful than black woman. That's all I'm going to say. But listen, um, what I want to do, um, I want to bring the brother Born King in, right? So what I'm going to do is I am going to hold on how do i do it again okay all right clip boom now hold hold on one minute i might leave the screen for a minute but i'm coming right back all right i'm uh okay well i don't know if you can hear me but some of the things that we haven't talked about that kind of like happened in 2022 was um, the Fresh Prince of Bel Air. They had their reunion. Okay. Remember? I don't know if you remember that. And, yeah, I remember and, uh, they brought back Aunt Viv or something like that. Yeah. Well, you know, I guess he made amends with uh, Aunt Viv, the original Aunt Viv. So that was kind of nice to see. 
And then a lot of people were talking about the verses. You know how yeah, the, the verses, verses came out of yeah the quarantine. So one of the big ones was Monica and Brandy. People mm-hmm. was excited about that one. Which one did you think was uh pretty good? Uh, Gucci Man. Gucci. Uh huh. No man, it, it was good. Not five was good, right? Not just the the musical uh, aspect of it, but what it represented, you know. Because you got to think, man. These two individuals had real street beef, not no yes. rap or words. Right. It was able to put that aside, and um, I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I don't know if I I, I grew to that level of maturity. I could forgive someone that, um, you know, allegedly harmed someone that was close to me or, or something like that. And it, it, and it takes a level of maturity to do that. Jeezy did that. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, it, 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 it took, you know, it took a man to do that, you know, and that's... Even if you level- watch their interactions... Did you watch their interactions and, and the behavior, too? I mean, I think that was something to take note of. Jeezy, he really did keep his composure, even when, you know, some slights was going on. Yeah. I think that was a good representation of how you handle yourself. You know what I'm saying? So um, that was nice. Nice to see. All right, Born King, I just uh, texted the phone. I sent you a link. If you click on that link, I could bring you in this conversation, brother, and we could... um build it and, and tell everybody what you got going on so um check your phone click on that link and it'll give me a notification and i, I I'll, I'll bring you in so what what was some of the other highlights for you one other thing that i thought about was the super bowl oh and the reason why it was because it was pre-quarantine yeah well, actually, we need to talk about the quarantine and how we could not have imagined that happening. But um, the Super Bowl, because we was all supposed to be boycotted. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't even know the Super Bowl happened this year. It happened. Remember the whole um, thing with J-Lo and Shakira and the, the no, I don't know if it was the right wing, but some people was really upset about them gyrating and shaking their butts and you know, felt like it was inappropriate. I think we talked about it actually on one of the podcasts. Cause I, I remember saying I, that it was a little bit inappropriate. Yeah. I think I remember talking about that. Like, you don't remember? Nah, I really, I really, I really don't remember. He said he clicked the link. Hold on. Let me um send this link to him one more time. Okay. I really don't remember. I would really like to uh, hear um, what people have to say in the comments about that Super Bowl. Um, if they were still boycotting or they was over it, like how they was feeling about it. And Tiger King. Say that again. Tiger King. I never watched it, but I, yeah. I a lot of people was talking about it. Yeah, that's that's the movie. Um, uh, Beyonce has something to do with. No, that was the Netflix thing with that guy. Oh, uh, like, hold on one minute. Um, he's in the building. Hold on. Um, oh, that was the Netflix thing yeah. with hold the on. Guy. Oh, oh, I see oh, you now. Yeah, what's oh. up? All that noise, man. 
Noise? You hear noise? Yeah, I hear a lot of noise. Do he sound noisy to you? Hold on. Um, you know, it might just be like what it was with mine. He might have to come back in and leave nah, to come back in. Let his phone get acclimated. Yeah, say something real quick. Peace, peace, peace. Sounds good. All right. Yo, what you seem like you turning knobs? You ain't on your phone? I'm on the phone. Oh, you on your phone? Yeah, because I was on the computer. Right, I was on the desktop, but you sent the link to the phone, so I'm watching you on my desktop, and my phone is below the desktop. So, you know, but I, you know, well, how you doing? Nice to have you on. Well, thank you. It's my pleasure to meet you and speak with you, young lady Marcy Lee. I see you with my great, great, good brother Raheem Shabazz. Right. Yeah. Thank you. I can't hear nothing he's saying. Do you hear him clearly? Yeah, I hear him fine. You know what, too? What happened when I went on here today, right? It told me that I have to update my phone. I haven't updated my phone in months. Oh. And there's a new app that's out. So the um the new updated version of this app that we're using, I don't have on my phone. And it's saying that um some of the stuff is going to be choppy. So she can hear you good, Born King. I just can't hear you that good. Okay, well, but I'm anyway, here. I'm a, um, I'm gonna let you flow, and then I just catch what you said on the replay, right? When I look at it, but I, I, I just real quickly, Born King, you're an individual that, um, I don't know. I think I was 15, 16, man, when I first uh, met you. I might have been younger than that. We knew each other for years. Um, and, and, and as a member of the 5% nation, um, I, I, I seen you, um, do something that never has been done that people probably thought couldn't be done when you did the 50th anniversary with a couple of other brothers that, that was monumental for our nation. Um, the 5% newspaper, uh, your book, where your book at? Hold on one minute. Ah, that's Thank you, Rob. Please yeah. go get the book. Go get it. <laughs> My man. I got too many. Tell, tell everybody um who you are, your book, and everything you got going on. Indeed. Um, for those who do not know me, I come in the divine name of Born King of Law. Um, me and Rob go back like folded chairs. Hey, hold you on. Know, um, All right. You have to bring your camera down. I only see the top of your face. <laughs> Bring it up or bring it down? Oh, okay. Right there. Right there. Ah, okay. ah. Is it good? Is it good? Over you can't see yourself in it like you halfway in, halfway out. You don't, Can uh, you see me now? This is good. You good right there. Okay. So, yeah, like I said, man, me and Rod go back like folded chairs, you know. Um, But just to give the people a little bit of history about myself, right? Like, um, I've been a freedom fighter. Um for many, 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 many years. Um, I don't want to age myself, but I can literally say that um, I've been fighting for freedom since I was like 14 years old. Um, some of the most important parts of my um, fight for freedom was, 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 was allying myself with different people. Reverend Sharpton, for one, I know that sounds corny, but back when I was young, um, Sharpton was out in them streets and I was out there with him. Um, but I think one of the most monumental freedom fighters that I, that I walked the streets of Harlem with was, um, Dr. Khalid Muhammad. 
Um, it was incredible. It was an incredible experience for me simply because he recognized who I was and I recognized who he was. Mm-hmm. And um, he gave me an opportunity to open up for him. So we used to meet at the Victoria Five Theater right there on 25th Street. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black, and, Black and Latino Youth Empowerment was the name of the organization, right? And so before um, the, the, the time that we would walk into the theater, like we would walk the streets of Harlem and we would talk about how we would, we would control the natural resources of the Black vendors out there on 125th Street, right? And that how the white store owners were trying to forbid Black vendors from making money on the streets of Harlem when we know that Harlem is the Black Mecca for Black people. So we were, we were not a, about to allow these store owners who are actually alien profiteers, right? Blood sucking mm. the money off of the black community to tell us that we couldn't make money there. So we were strategizing on how we can make power moves to shut them down to make sure that our power, our people could eat. So in the interim, right, we would we would do that. That was boots on the ground, right? Activism, like pro proactive movement to make sure that our people's um, economic freedom would not be stifled because the white business owners would get the police to attack us, shut us down. You know what I mean? So we kind of like got around that. But in the interim, right, we would have these big black black, um, black and Latino youth empowerment meetings. And I can remember um, opening up for him. And I did this long build. And so I introduced myself as born King of Law, you know, and I told him that, you know, I'm um sincere here in the nation guards and earth's commonly known as the five percent. And people were like amazed. Mm. They were like, brother, you can really speak like that. I thought you guys were dead. <laughs> I'm like, oh no, we never went anywhere. You know what I mean? Like we've we've literally been active in our community, and because of our activity, um, the forces that be. They, you know, they kind of like flooded our community with um germ warfare with the with the AIDS, chemical yeah. warfare with the crack, you know what I mean? Because they needed to counter the knowledge itself that we were bringing to the black community. Because I'm talking about before there was bloods and crips, you know what I'm saying? We was definitely Mecca was definitely the city of the gods. Mm-hmm. Harlem was definitely the city of the gods, and New York City in and of itself was the home of the gods, even the Chicago. And um um you know out of state um heads of other uh, um I don't even want to use the word gangs but other black organizations the they were like why why would you take and and try to export gangsterism into New York y'all know that the two living guards are there you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. they even recognize that that's what that that's our city anyway the bottom line is. Is that when when the lady asked me the question and I reminded her, I said we we never went anywhere, you know what I mean? It, it it was just a beautiful thing because my big brothers had told me not to take the knowledge out of the house, right? To only keep it in the parliament. And I said, no, I got to take it to the street because how else do you teach the babies if you don't take this knowledge out the house? So walking and talking with Dr. Khalid Muhammad gave me access to a new audience, right? So this is an audience filled with black and Latino, and it was about youth empowerment. And I think one of the most important things that I did with him was go to the uh, Phil Donahue show. Now I know I'm dating myself because, uh, Marcy, have you ever heard of the Donahue show? Yes. I'm probably around your age. 
bitch. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. I'll just I'll just say it. Did, did anyway. you see that episode? Hold on a minute. You I did. He he's the one that's on there. He he on okay. this. Absolutely, absolutely, Rob, because at the end of the day, right, in the story, there's a front story and there's a back story. Because Khalid told me, he said, listen, man, I'm going to the dining show. I want you to come down and support me. Sure, no problem, my brother. Absolutely. So when we get down at M MSNBC Studios, you know, we come in early. You know what I mean? Because we don't come late. We come on time. You know what I'm saying? Okay. So um, when we come in, we're there for about maybe two hours. All of a sudden, you see all of these uh, pink people coming in. <laughs> we're like, okay, we don't care. You know what I'm saying? We're here first. We know ain't going to be no problem, no issues. So when the producers came down and they said, well, they're going to start letting people come upstairs. They looked at us, looked past us and said, let these pink people up first. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. I said, listen, um, we are invited guests, a Dr. Khalid Muhammad, who is your guest on the show. And we were here before the rest of these people. And there's no way those people will be going on that elevator before we do. Mm. So they tried to stick their chest out and flex because they had MSNBC security. He said, listen, we don't care about you, your security, or nothing. We here with our brother and we're going to protect them and we're going upstairs first. So I, I get it. You think you got all of these reserved seats really close to our brother and all of these pink people are going to sit in those reserved seats? Nah, my man, that's not how it's going to go down. We're going to sit in those seats and we're going on the elevator first. Oh, no, they were adamant. No, you're not. These mm. people are going first. So you know what happened, huh? We got busy. That, that was funny? We, oh, yeah, we got physically busy. Yeah, you tell me that. We made the NBC security out on the floor, on the ground. Mm. We were physically fighting. It was a beautiful thing. And, and, and let me tell you why it was a beautiful thing. Because there were some brothers there that was Crips. And I don't know what they said. They said something. Er, er, however, whatever it was he said, his people moved when everybody moved. At the end of the day, this is true story, actual fact. NBC Security's on the ground. The producers say, you know what? Let these fine gentlemen go up to the studio first. And when they said fine gentlemen, they were referring to us. But they didn't call us fine gentlemen until we put their security on the ground. And this is true story. So when we get up to the studio, all the front rows got reserve signs on them. You know we took every single one. Yeah. And they were reserved for the pink people. But we weren't <laughs> sure to let that happen. Yeah. So we sat down. You know, now the pink people are filling up this the studio. So, you know, long story short, he goes on with his interview. Dr. Khalid is bombing their ass. You know what I'm saying? And I keep, so when it comes to time for him to go with the um, audience and, you know, um, participation, yeah. you know, I, I said, Donnie, you know, listen, man, I got something to say now. Mm -hmm. You're going to give me my opportunity. I guess he didn't pay me no attention. I'm, I'm young. Look, I look like, you know, when I was younger, younger, I really look young. So anyway, he kept walking by me. Phyllis Stickney was there. Yeah, I remember that. Actress. You know what I'm saying? Her comment was I, was so <laughs> profound as well. Um, but um, when I finally did get him, I had to literally stop him. And so he gave me an opportunity. And that's when I addressed the, um, the faker Jews. And even though this is not verbatim, I asked them, 
why they couldn't feel the pain of the black Holocaust. Mm. You know, I explained to him as a young black youth here in America, all I ever experienced was death and destruction at your hand. That's all my ancestors ever suffered was death and destruction. I said, why you can't feel, right? The power of the black Holocaust. Why are you denying it? Why are you saying that that's such a blasphemous statement? Then I told them on national TV, I say in the Bible, it said that he are the synagogue of Satan. And I said, listen, man, I said, I, anyway, whatever. It's on tape. You can pull it up on Let YouTube. me ask you Let something real quick. Sure. Let me ask you something. You bring up, you know, Donahue. Now, I have to admit, having, you know, the doctor on there, there was another person on there who used to go on there often. And that's um, Sister Soldier. And the things that you're speaking about and, you know, um, Khalid Bahamut, what do you think that has like gone? Because I feel like that that was a, a way to help people converse and kind of get the message out. Because I love when she was on there and I, you know, I love when he was on there. Like, what do you think um, happened to kind of pull? I'm going to tell you exactly. I'm going to tell you exactly what happened. They gave Sister Soldier a book deal to shut her up. Mm. So you know all of those good books that she wrote. Um, the um, coldest winter ever. The coldest winter ever. Yeah, with, with that character, mm -hmm. I read her book. She bombed. Listen, she was bringing such fierce black freedom. Okay. She's a true black freedom fighter. I love Sister Soldier. She didn't. She didn't hold back. She was tearing up our so-called intellectual class. You know, the, the guy with the with the thing around his neck, with the with the woolly hair. Oh, you know yeah. from my doctor. What, what's his name? Kanye Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye. him. Yeah, him. She was ten listen. I love Sister Soldier because she spoke truth to power in the time when it was most important to speak it. And because they recognized and realized that we would we were that generation that had that knowledge, that they had to Mm, switch the messages that the next generation would receive. So the same way, like I told y'all, how we control the black community, remember that we control the sound that the black community was hearing in the early ages of hip hop. So when we were talking about the black man is God and the black woman's a queen and we're kings and we're queens and the white man's the devil, he went to the West Coast because he had to counter our message of black um, kingship and queenship. So he paid our brothers on the West Coast to import a different message mm. of bitches, the N word, hoes, pimps. So you believe it was planned. You do believe that this was strategically planned. It is absolutely a plan because they were tired of them. They would listen, listen, when, when, when Rockham. It's talking about the black man is God. When Brand Nubian is talking about the black man is God, the white man is the devil, and the white man is saying, hey, I'm, I'm the most powerful person on the face of the planet. The United States of America is the country that rules the world, and I rule America, and black people are the underclass that I control every facet of their life. How am I going to continue to allow this message to keep coming out? Because what you got to understand is, is that I Using hip hop, the gods were able to um, teach the entire 
planet. Because through music, we taught the human families of the planet Earth. You can go to Argentina, Venezuela, Africa, and they will tell you, because they heard Wu-Tang and Brand Nubian and Big Daddy Kane, they can tell you what we told you. The black man is God. The black woman is the most precious woman on the face of this planet. And the white man is the devil. They can tell you that because they heard it in our music. So we successfully began teaching the human family of the planet Earth. And he had to pay for a different message. So now the message is about materialism, right? It's about what I got and what you don't got. It's about <laughs> he's co-opted what we built. We created that hip hop because that was the voice of our people, right? So he co-opted it, he bought it, and now he's charging people, he's charging our black artists their soul mm. to denigrate their own nation, their own people, and then in the end he gets to kill them. Because look how many rappers are dying. Right. How, yeah. how is rapping more dangerous than driving a car? How is all of these rappers just dying, getting murdered? Come on now. Because, like I said, everything that we create, because we're the soaking, I mean, we are the universal builders. Everything that you see that this man got, he's what you call a, a copycat or a copy man. This man, who? man. And he copied everything that we've done, then he co opted, and oh. then say he's the making owner of it, but he's not. He's a thief, he's a liar. And he was a murderer from his beginning. Today? Did you see that video with uh, Crazy Bone? Did I didn't watch see that? the one with Crazy okay. Bone. He talked but, about... Go ahead. Okay. He talked about something I had heard previous to him doing the video, talking about how executives <laughs> in the music industry got together and they created this plan to, you know, do exactly what you were just talking about with the gangster rap and all of this. Um, I was just wondering if you watched that video because he broke Absolutely. it down. Now that, you, now that you've elucidated, I, I definitely heard that. But um, I wrote a degree. I wrote a lesson about, um, about how hip-hop was changed because they had to pay for the change. But today, I just really want to talk about what, I, what I've been doing today because yesterday, the feds um, kind of closed the case on Tamir Rice, our 12-year-old, and it hurts me, our 12-year-old, they closed the case and said that the police who killed them were justified in killing them, our 12-year-old baby boy. Yeah. So black pain is amplified when your government sanctions our murder. So the FBI, the police, and the United States government who uses the, uh, the internal army you are aware that the internal army of America wears blue while the external army of America wears green. This is why the police can kill us with 007 immunity. Them killing a 12-year-old child, and today is the 30th, and on the 30th we say, tell us what and how the double is made. So on this day, they release the findings and, and tell us in the public that Tamir's Rice death was a was a well-deserved death that we should applaud because this is why we pay the police. Because hmm. the police were just doing their job and they did their job well. And let me tell you something. They kind of like are killing us and then rubbing it in our face. Yes. Like, yeah, we kill you at will. There's yeah. nothing you can do about it. I heard Raheem say race soldiers because we already know that 
All of those police departments and FBI have been infiltrated by those who used to wear the hoods. Now they wear the blue uniform. They wear the FBI uniforms because they chilling is part of their nature. They were murderers from the beginning. So if you notice, we can see many different videos where white people got guns and knives and they, they, where's all the instant fear? They don't shoot and kill their own like they shoot and kill us. They killed to me in 12 seconds. How do you shoot a 12 year old boy to death in 12 seconds? I thought it was less than 12. You sure it was 12? I thought it was less. It might have been less than 12, my sister. But what I'm saying. And shout out to Cleveland, because I'm from Cleveland. So shout out to my family in Cleveland, you know, the family of Tamir Rice. Um, That's crazy. Hey, yo, listen, I'll go any further. Boy King, we only have minutes left, man. I just want you to come on here and introduce yourself. I've been trying to get Born King on here. I told him we're going to do a whole podcast. I just want to acknowledge him, right? But Leo, let me, in closing, I'm going to let you get your last word. But I just want to let people know, right? When I met Born King, right? You see the fire mm-hmm. that he has now? Everybody <laughs> that shit. Ten times, right? When he said he's a real freedom fighter, mm-hmm. ask me where I get it from. It was Born King. That's what yes. And we wind up. We never was incarcerated together, but we was incarcerated at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. And at that time, if you said you was a said person of that ability, and you was a five percent, and you stood on your square. Your ass was going to the hole indefinitely, right? Me and him was one of the few. It was a couple of others, but it wasn't many at first that stood up and said, yo, we are who we are. We, we Go to what hole? Let's go. And the only way you get out is you denounce yourself. Never. I'm never denouncing who I am. Never. I'm- ever. And yo, we used to fight them. We filed lawsuits, this, that, and the other. And Born King when he came home, he still continued to fight. It is because of him. Right now, how many states? How many states? 16 states. 16 many- states. 16. 16. I've won, um, I've, I've fought and won for our right to um, have our parliaments, to have our lessons, so that we can um, have our classes. You know what I'm saying? And I did that through the National Office of Cultural Affairs, which I co-founded with my brother. You know what I'm saying? Um, <clears throat> And um, it's just been a beautiful thing. Right now, I have two open cases, one in Michigan and one in New Jersey. And and my brother is powerful ruling nation of law who did 28 years and came home, you know what I'm saying, and didn't stay with us that long because after working in those factories in those old prisons, you know, he got that that thing. And when he he came home and lasted only like about two years, it tore me up, man. But we sent him home most righteously. And I told his family that I'll make sure that his name will live forever. And I mean that with every victory. You understand what I'm saying? Because we fought for this freedom. When I say freedom fighters exist, it's not just a hashtag. We've been fighting for freedom. Not only that, Rob, my um, I set up the uh, 5% of news.com. You know what I'm saying? So that's that I planted that flag in cyberspace because we gotta have cyber real estate. So your 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 podcast is, is is vitally important. We have to make sure that that we use the 21st century tools to reach the people. Absolutely, that's no why doubt. I got 
on here, man. But listen, man. And, and yo, when you behind them walls and you behind enemy lines, boy, if you ain't who you say you are and you ain't standing 10 toes down, listen, anywhere I went, I was well respected. You know what I mean? Yo, I mentioned the name Born King. You know Born King? <coughs> wow, the New York State Department of Corrections. I couldn't go nowhere where they didn't know who I was. Because right. they read about me in that 5% newspaper. And how they read about me in there was cause, because of Born King. Born King, <laughs> my articles in there. That's right. Yeah, and when I came home, he still put my articles in there. So when I get hey, my- Rob, Rock, I got to say this about you, Rob. When I'm I get so my next proud article- of you. <laughs> Rob, I'm so proud of you, man. Yeah, you that, came home, hey man, you came home and you made a difference. You made a difference in a lot of people's lives. I mean, your elementary genocide, one, two, and three is so profound. You hear me? I'm yeah. talking about like, you know, I, if they don't give you the credit, then that's on them. But you deserve all the credit because you, you came home and you put that thing together, man. You understand? Uh, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing how... You know, when you when you release a lion from his cage, right, he's going to show you that he was a lion in the cage and out the cage. Absolutely. You understand what I'm saying? So, man, I applaud you. Not only did you do that, now you got the necessary blackness. You got your beautiful co-host, Marcy Lee. You doing your thing with your wingy apparel. Super proud of you, God. You That's understand what I'm saying? And I applaud you. You understand I, what I'm saying? Because we got to give, I got to give you that recognition right now, man. Thank you, man. You I, I appreciate that, Born King. And let me tell you something, man. It was brothers like you, man, that made sure, man, that, um, you know, I am who I am today, man. I remember one incident, right? When we was with, uh, I ain't going to go through the whole thing when we was with Lord Sincere. Yeah. And, uh, I was supposed to be doing security. And well, was, we were selling minks. Kanye, we were selling men coats. And it was a dude <laughs> that kept looking at me. Looking right. at me, looking at me. I called Born King. I said, <laughs> Born King handled that for me. You know what I mean? But he gave me, you know, it wasn't that I was scared or nothing. But I'm saying, like, yo, something's about to happen. Because look at how this dude looking at me. Mm. And when he said, oh, him right there? He said, yo, come with me over here. And when he went over there and checked him, and he told me, Yo, Rob, I don't even want to tell you what else he told me. But <clears throat> it was just seeing, you know what I mean, having no fear, man. You know what I mean? Right. Those type of brothers I grew up around, you know what I mean? So but when Rob, it, that was based on, because that was the love that we had, because I knew for a fact that could nothing happen to you with me there. Yeah, that, yeah, yeah. That's the love. That's the bond. Whether yeah. he knew it or not, he found out. You understand yeah. what I'm saying? Listen, you ain't got nothing to worry about. I'm gonna tell you what he told me. He said we got enough bullets. You got enough bullets. <laughs> <laughs> if the if, if the police come, we taking them on. Oh. And he was like, matter of fact, pull your jacket down. Let him see it. I was like, pull it down. He was like, man, pull it. Pull it down. <laughs> we was right there. But th it was just instances like that. So when it was time for me. You know, coming up through my journey when he wasn't around, for me to, you know, yo, this is how you move. This is how you, you know what I mean? There's no fear in you whatsoever. I was already prepared for that. And then there was another time I wasn't there, but they told me about it. I think you got arrested or something. When the police wound up shooting somebody on 125th and you just went crazy on the police. You know what I'm talking about? <coughs> hey, um, Raheem. Do you know um, how cold it was today? 
<laughs> it was super cold outside, and um, you know, at the end of the day, right? Okay. <laughs> you know when we um when we reminisce, man. You know, you know that we we gonna reminisce on the love, right? Because you know, sometimes when we go through certain degrees of hell and we come out right, we leave that hell right where it's at. You heard me? And um, at the end of the day, man. Listen, man, I can't wait because um, wait for the time that you can really give me because there's there's really there's a lot of things that I really want to share with the people. So when you come um, back, even about the nation, when you hear me, and and I don't have a problem, I can go. When you I can go back. for however long you want me to. Yeah, yeah he's not can go for three, four hours. When you <laughs> let me tell you, that time went by like this. I was like, dang, it's time to end the show already. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Wait, are y'all saying the show is over? It's almost over. It's almost over. Yeah, you took out. Wow. Took it didn't feel like that long, though. But, wow. you know, Born King, we definitely going to bring you back. Me and Born King spoke a couple of days ago, and I was telling them, yo, listen, I need to bring you back. So when I seen him in the comments, I was like, yo, let me just bring him on. We didn't mean for it to go like this, but build is always build. And um, like I said, brother, you're a dynamic brother, man. We definitely got history. I appreciate that. And um, we gonna we gonna continue to build, man, and we gonna do some things together. You know, like how you said, that was a monumental moment. But I I, I got something in the chamber, God. I got something in. The hey, so hey, hey, listen, I'm not I'm not trying to be funny now. When I did the um, when I had the whole idea for the 50th year anniversary at the Apollo Theater in yeah. Harlem, New York City, and that thing really came to life, and I did it. On, on October 14th, 2014, when I literally did it, it, it was amazing because I never promoted a show before in my whole life. Mm -hmm. But somehow I was able to get K Slade, Erica Badu. I mean, the, the, the list of people that uh, I got to put to uh, be on that stage. Now, I got Ra's manager. I never got Ra. He never showed. I got his manager. And I'm telling you that 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 me and my team, the Builders Build Group, was only four of us. The Pado Theater cost thirty five thousand, Ryan, just yeah. for the building, and we paid everybody all of the net, and it was so many names. Buster Rhymes. Uh, in fact, my show was the first show that um, Remy Ma did after she got released from prison because we got Papoose. And and Papoose brought Remy, and when Remy came out, the crowd went crazy because that was her first show. And I got the DVD, so everybody could see it. But that was the first the first show that she did once she got released from prison. Yo, so we got the DVD for you. Um, <laughs> I paid some people to to put it together and stuff. Rod, don't play with me because <laughs> I did with you about it. You didn't even show up to my show. Yeah, but, but I edited the DVD for you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you did. You did, but I I'm did. saying I needed your your camera. I know, I know, I know. And I know. you would have loved it because I, I not only did I do the show, I did a whole weekend where I did classes on Saturday. Like we um I had um that the the, the famous black photographer who, who got books now. Uh I forget his name. That's his last name. Yes. yes, yes. Um I I, I know who you're talking about. He, he's you know exactly what I'm talking about. I know you're talking like, about. I did classes. I, I got a. Uh, 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 Jamel Shabazz. Jamel Shabazz. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So I got a, a public school. We rented that out at Saturday night and we had classes. We had forums. So we didn't just do education. It was the um um it was a hip hop weekend event mm. where I, I showed that everybody who from from the early years of hip hop, whoever had any love for the nation, the guards and earth, commonly known as the five percent, to please come to the stage and come to the event and come to the weekend. We took over Hot 97, got commercial time, cost a bunch of money, yeah. but we still did it. I wrote the commercials. It's my voice over on the commercials. I did all the contracts with the management, you know, and the lawyers. I did. I, I put that work in. I still have those connections. So what I'm saying to you, Raw, is that I know how to work and I know how to work hard. So let's do something. It's a great let's pleasure. We got to do something. I know. Where's the next one? <laughs> yeah. So, yo, I just want to, yo, I just want to say, man, yo, peace, you know, with my brother Born King, man. We're going to have him back on here. I think I probably got about three, four more um, podcasts. You know, I got a lineup, but I got you in there. Indeed. Thank God, man. And I just want to say, man, peace and knowledge, knowledge, Lord. Peace, Marcy. I Keep, keep up the great work because you're doing your thing. You heard me. Thank Go and you. give yourself a round of applause because you're doing your thing, Marcy. Thank you. That's right. That's right. All right, man. So we're gonna we're gonna um conclude with this, right? I just want to say, right, in concluding, you know, a lot of times people always ask, "What's my uh New Year's revolution?" My I said New Year's revolution. <laughs> we got you. We know. Revolution is on my mind. Resolution. New Year's resolution, right? And I, I, I just be thinking, right? Like, they say that most people break their resolution within the first 30 days of the year. I, some people say within the majority of people within the first two weeks, right? And I don't, I don't, I don't want to give out a revolution, right? A resolution, right? I just want to say, right, in the coming year and beyond, I want to create a life that I don't ever need a vacation. That's okay. I, you know, that, that, that's, that's the model for me moving forward. Um, so I want to ask you, Marcy Lee, and then I'm going to ask Born King, and Born King's going to be very brief. <laughs> You're not taking over. I want to ask you, what is your resolution or what do you have plans going into uh, 2020? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to be very brief. I never set a New Year's resolution. Um, moving forward, I'm just going to care for myself even more than I have been. Continue to learn um, and try to understand people more. That's like my, my I guess that, I guess you could say that could be a resolution. I just want to understand people more. Um, and um, so that I can contribute more to the progress in our community. So that's pretty much it. Just love more, grow more, learn more. Okay, you born king in 30 seconds. What's your, uh, how you moving forward in, in, in 2021? Oh, my bad is going dead. Okay, so as we tie up 2020 um, and we move into the new cycle of 365 days, I'm going to just be real careful. That's it. Just be real you know, and, um, and I'm going to be wise in my movement because 21, we're going to have 365 days of 2020, 2021. And um, we're going to have to be real careful. We're going to have to be real wise. That's it. Okay. Awesome. All right. That's, that, that, that's what's up. And, and these are my last closing words, right? 
I like to tell people, right, um, the sky is never the limit. It's just the view, right? So, yo, do what you want to do, man. Trust the process and stay consistent with it. You know what I mean? Anything is possible. Anything is attainable. Don't let what happened yesterday become your reality for today. Some things you just have to leave in the past. You have to move on. And that can include people that may have at one time been near and dear to your heart. So let, let, let's be mindful of that. Now, before I got on this podcast, I seen, a, um, a, it's, I won't call it a meme, but it was a post, right? And it talked about the producer of Queen Gamut, right? This is a new movie that's on, uh, uh, on Netflix. Netflix. They said that it got 62 million views already, right? He said that it took him three years to make that, right? Not three years, 30 years, I'm sorry. It took him 30 years to make that, and he did nine rewrites. He said that he went to every studio, and they all told him no one's going to be interested in a show about chess. So I want to say to you, right? don't ever, don't dare let anybody tell you what you can't do. Because it took him 30 years. I don't think I could wait 30 years. But if you persist in anything you want to do, you can do it. It took him 30 years and nine rewrites. And now his film has been seen by 62 million people. So like up. I said, guy's not the limit. It's just the view. And it's all in how you look at life and what's your perspective. And my perspective is, is that I want my life to be every day where I don't need a vacation. Living is my vacation. Enjoying myself in life is my vacation. Making movies, upscaling my business is, is what life is going to be for me in, in 2021. Uh, Marcia, you want to give out the last closing words? No, I just can't wait to move forward uh, in the new year and see you back here on the show. Raheem, I can't wait to get up with you. We haven't seen each other in a while. So I know. Next we, time we, we, we see gonna, each other, it's going to be a joyous occasion. Can't wait yeah, to see you, brother. Absolutely. And, um, what's that? No, I said absolutely. And to our viewers, we will see you here next time on the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Love you. you. Know, you know what I got to do before before we go? I know we were supposed to end it right there, right? Everybody's telling me, right? No, so no, listen, because I, I really have to start getting into the marketing and the promotion of, you know, the products and things that I have going on. And I should do it in the beginning. And they said at the end. So I want to let everybody know, if you haven't already purchased your copy of Elementary Genocide, Through the Prison Pipeline, uh, elementary Genocide 2, the Board of Education versus the Port Board of Incarceration, or Elementary Genocide 3, Academic Holocaust. You can do so on Amazon. You can go to elementarygenocide.com. And if you're interested in viewing it uh, as a stream, you can go to Quality TV. That is the Black Netflix. It's on there and it's on Amazon to stream as well. You also can get the uh, Wingy Apparel. I got the Wingy on. 
Marcia got the uh shirt on. You got the uh, sweatshirt, the wingy shirt on. So we we not just talking about you know um uh what other people are doing. We creating our own. You know what I mean? This is going all in twenty twenty one. It's going to be black excellent. We starting with the clothing line, and we got some other things. You know because we are the original people. You know we the makers and owners. So we got to start making our own products. And we have to start relying on other people as suppliers and, and distributors for us. And we need to do that ourselves. So those are some of the things I got going on. Marcy Lee, I know you have the children's book. You want to tell them about that? Well, you know what? I was going to let our, our uh, guests go ahead and, you know, talk about yeah, yeah, you didn't even tell us about the book. Go ahead real quick, Born King, in 30 seconds. But Marcy, I want to hear about your children's book. Okay, I'll tell <laughs> you. Okay, no. <laughs> Uh, so I have a series of children's books. Uh, it's a four-part series. There's two that's out currently. Uh, the first one is Fun in the Rain, and the second mm -hmm. one is Fun in the Snow. So basically, these books, <laughs> they uh, encourage children to get off of the um, devices and go outside and play and have a nice time, like how we did when we was young, getting back outside. So that's what I got going on, my book. That's beautiful. You're an authoress, and, 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 and I identify because the title of my book is called Satufu. When I created a book, I created a word. The word I created is Satufu, spelled S-I-T-I-F-U. And it's, it's, it's an acronym with S-T-F-U. Everybody know what S-T-F-U means. So that's the, that's the title, and the subtitle is The Nation of Gods and Earth Speaks for Itself. It's available on Amazon worldwide. Um, and I'm currently writing my second book. And, and so I'm just really grateful for this opportunity to share this information with the, um, <clears throat> with the necessary blackness, um, audience and, 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 uh, so like, I'm just really appreciative to my man, Ryan Shabazz and his beautiful, um, 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 co <clears throat> co-host Marcy Lake. And that's it. Thank you. Thank you. You're so welcome. All right. Peace and power, Black family. We out. We will see you in 2021. Peace. Peace.